Goodness, I almost missed my cue. Was anyone else under like a little bit of a spell there? Holy smokes. What a great morning. Like what a great way to start. Wherever you maybe were where you entered or when you turned us on this morning, I hope you're just in a little bit better place because that the band's already transporting us and I know the message is going to take us there as well. This is the part of our service where very kindly we ask for money. Full stop period, right? That's where we're at. And as Kelty was mentioning last week, and we know this is sort of part of the season, as we come out of January into February, it's a time where hmm, sometimes dollars are a little bit tight. Like the Christmas bills are kind of getting paid and there's those pieces. And we really do think this is a great time to take stock because maybe that is your situation. And if you have to pull back or you can't add as much right now, you're still welcome here. Maybe your situation is like, meh. We didn't spend very much at Christmas. We couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> we couldn't get together with people. And maybe there's some extra resources left. Well, can I really encourage you to support a great cause? Because that is French Church. It's a great cause, and we support this, and we build it together. And we create something pretty magical here because it doesn't just stay here. We get to take it outside the doors and get to spread and make our world just a little bit better. So that's kind of the message, and that's why I believe it's a really good place to put your resources. And I think this is a great time of year to just take stock of where you're at, where the resources are at, and if you can add a little bit more. They always appreciate it here. It just makes it a little bit easier to sort of plan and, and do some things. You know what? I'm just going to move out of the way because the band's got another song, so help me welcome the band again. Morning, everyone. That was pretty awesome, wasn't it? I think, oh, there's my mic. Um, I just want to give a shout out. Alessandra, I actually came to her a couple of weeks ago and said, I have this series coming up. Would you write a theme song that we'd play before every message? And she wrote that from scratch. So another big round of applause. It's not done. That, that song captures this whole series. And so we're going to come back at the end and do it again. And I want you to see it through new eyes as a result of me talking. I'm going to do my very best to try and bring more meaning to that. So to start this, I want to talk about a time in my life, and I'm going to guess we all have this, where a relationship, an important relationship kind of was a bit like this. It was one of these weird moments where I'm trying to get a friend to do something. I'm, I'm going to kind of change some of the details to protect anonymity. But let's assume this, because this is something I do. I wanted them to run to the top of a mountain with me, because I thought that would be fun. Doesn't everyone want to run to the top of a mountain? Whoa. <laughs> I'm getting these like head shakes where they're like, no, that's dumb, Vince. Anyways, I want to run to the top of a mountain, and I want to run to the top of the mountain with my friend, who's a runner. And so I say something along the lines of this. Hey, you like running, don't you? Now, this is a friend I've run with for years. I know they like running. They know they like running. We run together. But his answer is kind of like this. Well, what do you mean? Like, this isn't rocket science, buddy. You like running. I know you like running. You know you like running. You like running. Just say yes. He's like, eh. and now I'm getting mad. Look, you freaking like running. Just say you like running. And he wouldn't do it. So finally, I'm like, dude, why aren't you admitting you like running? We know you like running. And he's like, well, what else are you going to try and get me to do if I admit that I like running? 
I'm like, oh, clearly I've used this logic before. You see, in the past, I started off with a story that was like, hey, you agree to this, right? He said, last time you did it, you made me agree to something. And then because I agreed to that, you forced me to do something I didn't like doing. I'm not agreeing to stuff anymore. You tricked me. And screw you. It's kind of fair, isn't it? Anyone had a moment where things got a little south and you realized, oh, this is a result of something I did in the past, isn't it? I behaved a certain way. I did a certain dynamic. It's kind of painful when you see it in the eyes of your friend. You're going, oh, there's some past between us that's impacting this moment, and it's not good. As we go forward, let me ask. Think about the people who've done that to you. Think about the people who've pulled a Vince on you. How do you feel towards them? There's a trust piece that starts to get undermined, doesn't it? They try and manipulate. They get their way. They make something happen. And you end up having to do something that you didn't want to do. (laughs) We've seen it. I've seen it. (laughs) I've seen it with parents trying to get their kids home for holidays. Anyone ever had that moment where (laughs) they're putting the screws to you? You're like, oh, I remember this. I've seen it in workplaces. People force you to do something and you're going, oh, screw you. Or maybe the story's more common where you realize as I tell this story, oh, you're the Vince in the story. You're the one forcing other people to do what you want. As I was looking at this message, this last two weeks, I've been watching my behavior really carefully, and I realized, oh, <laughs> that wasn't a one-and-done thing for Vince. I do that. And I pay the price for it. Which makes me get back to this piece that says, well, how do we do relationships then? This whole dynamic of forcing someone to do something or trying to manipulate them to do something or, or somehow, you know, conniving them into something, that clearly doesn't work because the long-term consequences, not awesome. And we can feel the feeling when someone does that to us. We get this passive pushing back. The term passive-aggressive is this kind of idea that says, oh yeah, you might have won in this moment, <laughs> but over here... I'm totally going to screw you over. And you're not even going to realize that this was about that. On a scale of one to ten, if I asked you, how much do you trust the world around you? I started talking about what it feels like to be manipulated, but when you start to look at people around you, do you see the world as kind of these vampires who are trying to suck you dry? 
There's a level of trust that starts to get undermined and there's a, there's a way that we start to think and interact with the world that says, I don't trust people that much anymore. I don't think people are good. I was quoting to Yannick this morning a song lyric from Smashing Pumpkins, The World is a Vampire. Anyone remember that song? This idea that says, the world is out to suck me dry and I have to constantly protect myself. Think of how much energy all of this is exerting on our lives. But how do we do relationships? Clearly what I'm doing isn't working. I'm divorced. I'm the last person who should know about this stuff, right? <laughs> I've clearly driven the, the car of my life off a cliff at one point. But it's made me ask the question over and over again, well, okay, that didn't work. So what is the goal of relationship? And to talk about that, I want to start talking, we've been talking about our spiritual journey model. It's not the only model in the world, it's just the friend church model. Uh, I can see Catrice threw it up because you all just went like this. Whoop. Down here, guys, come on. <laughs> Pay attention to me. <laughs> it's this beautiful model that basically shows 20 years of our interaction with spirituality. And it starts with this place that says, we start our journey in awareness. We start to figure out, become conscious of what's going on inside of us. It's not I react and I have no clue why I reacted. I start to go, wait a second. What's going on inside of me? Why am I doing these things? Wait, I just did that thing again. I just did that thing where I try and get someone to run up a mountain, but instead of saying, hey, friend, I really want to run up a mountain with you because it would just make the experience so much better. No, 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 I say, do you like running? Awareness says, hey, Vince, why aren't you just asking? Our spiritual journey, I think, starts in this awareness piece that says, wait a second, what's going on? Why are we doing what we're doing? How are we seeing the world around us? Where are we lying to ourselves? All that stuff. It's this beautiful journey, and I feel like you don't, <laughs> anyone who's got awareness figured out and they're like, hey, check, I'm done. I finished that grade. What's the next one? No, it doesn't work that way. It's like you bounce around this model all the time. Some days I'm at the bottom of awareness. Next time I'm like, you know, halfway up. Then I'm back to the bottom again. But it starts with this awareness. And on top of that, we start this first question that says, who am I? Who are you? Awareness goes, oh, I'm a guy who doesn't ask straight up for what he wants. Okay, that's interesting. Awareness says, I like wearing dark colors and my multimedia or my, my stream team doesn't like it because they say I'm like this floating white vampiric head. <laughs> Sorry to all the people watching online. It's the brightest I could get. I just can't do lighter. Why? I don't know why. That's who, who am I? Vince is a guy who likes dark clothes, likes to go snowboarding, likes to go snow biking. Who are you? In spirituality, in the Christian tradition, there's been a, a range of answers to the question, who am I? Some of them are this. You are a bad person. You are a sinful person. There's nothing good in you. There's a, one theory that calls it the total depravity of mankind. 
ouch. But there's another story in our journey that starts at the very earliest poems. There's this idea that this, the character of God starts off floating on top of the void. It's this kind of weird conception of God, but the character of God's floating, and the character starts saying, let there be light, let there be these animals, let there be plants. And the character says, and it was good. And then the character made you and I. And God said, oh, this is good. This is very good. I like the added emphasis. It's like shame doesn't allow us to just go, who am I? I'm a good person. It's like the character needs to give us an extra kick in the butt. Like, no, no, you're good. Sure, you do bad stuff sometimes. But who you are, I am very good. Sit with that for a second and let that just soak into your soul. I am very good. Say it in your head. Oh, that feels kind of good and horrible at the same time, doesn't it? When we're young, so I have, I have uh, two siblings. I have an older brother and a younger sister. And my younger sister, um, when my parents came back from the, the hospital, I remember the first day they walked in because I got a toy. I don't remember my sister coming home, but I remember I got a toy. It's a super cool bike. But from that day on, who am I? Up until that point, I kind of had me figured out. But then all of a sudden, I had this little sister. I had them in my life. And she didn't honor the fact that the Lego is mine and not yours. Anyone remember this from your childhood? I had this, this cousin. His name was Janico. He was like a, an Italian Mennonite. It's a thing. I don't understand how it works, but whatever. But he was an only child. And I was like, you rat. You, everything you have is yours. You never have a sense of they, the people outside of my life, my brother and sister. So here's the thing. As we grow up in our spirituality, awareness brings us to who am I? And we start with this, I might be very good, but maybe I'm not. I don't know. I have to wrestle with this. What do I like? What do I not like? And then you suddenly realize there's another person out there. There's a whole world out there. And I got to deal with those buggers. Now, there's a bunch of different ways we can deal with them. The one we seem to start with is I against them. Screw them. They steal my toys. I have to protect myself. My brother, who's older than me, my earliest memory is of him playing with his Lego on a landing that I, as a one-year-old, could not get up to. So I sat at the bottom of this thing just staring up at his toys like, I just want to steal them. That. Anyways, well done, Tony, well done. We can frame this as I against them. There's, you remember the story of Joseph? I've talked about it a lot. The Joseph and the Technicolor Dream Code or the Code of Many Colors. I, there's one reading that says he's actually wearing a dress, a princess's dress. It could be that he's the first transgender character in the Bible, and he has these um, 10 brothers, half-brothers. And he walks through this life trying to be, who am I? I'm a man who likes to wear a dress, and that's who I am. What do his brothers do? Oh, they're against it. They spoke, kill him. 
I against them. Right now our world seems plagued, now I'm not a sociologist, but it seems plagued by I against them, us against them, this group against that group. How much energy have we put into I against them? How much energy have we wasted and I against them? And how many of our wounds get expressed in seeing the world as I against them? That's the part that starts to get me. Jeff had this great message last week. I hope you guys got a chance to listen. If you didn't, go back and listen. He started to talk about how do we handle I and them. And if we talk about kind of the road of relationships running right down the center, it's almost like he said there's two ditches. There's a ditch on this one side that says, I, it's all about me, and I'm against them, and I'm going to take what I can and screw them. I'm going to get whatever I need to get. I don't care if I have to lie. I don't have to tell, or I don't have to say to them the honest truth, which is I want to run to the top of a mountain with you because you will make it a better experience. No, trick them, screw them. Don't tell them the truth. Don't be honest. I against them. But we sit in this place of going, I, I, I. Anyone have someone in their life that it's all about them? There's always drama. It always has to be their way. Whatever happens, it has to go that way. Oh, that doesn't feel good. Anyone is the I who's like, it's got to be my way. (laughs) But then Jeff said, there's this focus on I, and again, awareness starts to bring this up, right? We start going, okay, well, where am I? There's this ditch over here, but there's also a ditch on the other side that says, it's all about them. I will become whatever they need me to do. I will give them whatever they need, whatever they want. That's what I'll do. Relationship is more important. I was listening to, uh, do you know the podcast, Other People's Problems? A CBC podcast with uh, Hillary McBride. She's a, a therapist. She's talking to somebody and the girl's going, I never, ever, ever come to the table. I am not present in my relationships because I have to be whatever anyone else likes or they'll leave me. Here's a beautiful expression of this ditch. There's no sense of I, it's just them and I will do whatever it takes. I will become whatever they need. I will suppress myself. Those are the ditches. And we're trying to line it up down the middle, right? I don't even know what the middle is. Can you throw up that next quote, Catrice? It's this idea, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up somewhere else. Yes. If you don't know what you're trying to do in relationships, I guarantee you, you will not get there. That's what we want to talk about today. And now we're starting to see, okay, there's ditches. There's the all about me, screw the world. Well, that doesn't work very well. That leads my friends to saying, you want to go, or you like running, right? And they're like, someone says, hey, you want to get together? Oh, yeah, sure. I've been pretty busy lately. I'm pretty tired, right? What are they doing? Oh, yeah, you're not... So what does it look like down the center of this sucker? Now, I'm not an expert. I'm telling you, I am not an expert. 
but it's almost kind of one of those ones where you screw it up long enough and awareness starts to kick you in the butt and say, you need to pay attention to this. And it feels like awareness has been kicking my butt regularly lately. Beginning of the pandemic, come home, there's a big puddle of water in our bedroom. Bathroom's here, shower's right in the corner, right next to the bedroom. Big puddle of water. Ugh. Now, I gotta be honest, I'm not 100% surprised. I've been buying Drano in bulk at this point. <laughs> Stupid shower. And then when I started to realize, I realized whoever put it in, like, I'm not a violent man, and I know there's eye against them, but I would like to smack them aside the face because they put this thing in all wrong. It's falling apart. It stinks. The drain doesn't drain anymore. We're going to have to replace it. And because of the way they did it, we're going to have to tear apart part of the bathroom. And if you're going to tear apart part of the bathroom, you might as well. And if you're tearing apart your bathroom, you should probably do what to your bedroom? Oh, of course. Half the house now. Got it. We've been living for months with like um, joists and just um, insulation stuck between our bedroom and our bathroom. We can literally have conversations from in the bed while someone's on the john. (laughs) The renovation that we started, that started with this, this shower leaking, has now stretched... I told Elle, I was like, hey, babe, I think it'll probably take three months. I, was, I figured I'd give myself lots of Three months. <laughs> Two years later, I'd like to say I'm getting further. <laughs> we're working. I'm making progress. But because we're gutting this whole business, what do we have to do? We have to make a million decisions. We have to make a million decisions. We Let me tell you a story about my family. My family, there's a lot of um, abuse in my parents' childhood. And conflict in our family was the big, you could, I could probably kill someone as long as there wasn't conflict. Conflict was the worst thing you could do. And so when you would say something along the lines of, I want this, well, that feels kind of conflicty, doesn't it? And so guess what I was trained to do in intimate relationships? Oh, like we built a camp right in that big old ditch that said, you just give everything you can all the time, never ask for anything, and try not to be resentful. Guess how well that works? But that's my go-to. Like I am, <laughs> you know the cars that it's usually like with the steering wheel, they're like, Rrr. that's mine. Like in intimate relationships, I just try and hit that ditch every time. The rest of my life, I tend to the other ditch. Intimate relationships I've trained here. So now we have to make a million decisions. What kind of tile? What color? Where should this go? What about that? There's a million decisions that we need to make because we are going to live in this. How do we do that? My go-to is this, whatever you want, babe. Whatever you want, babe. Oh, I hate that one. Whatever you want, babe. It's my go-to. But now I have to be in this place of going, well, I'm preaching this stupid message with this stupid we concept that stupid asks me to do things that I don't want to do because I want to be in that ditch because that feels normal to me. What was the line from the song 
<laughs> Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. No, I'm staying in the ditch. <laughs> it's worked for me never, but I'm sure it'll work this time, right? <laughs> Why do we keep doing the same stupid shit over and over again? I don't know. Anyways, so I'm trying to con- have this conception of we, and I'm wrestling with this message that's kicking my butt. Awareness is all over me. It's just like, it will not let me sleep. It's kicking my butt all over the place going, okay, Clausen, don't go into the ditch. You can't do the ditch. You're doing the ditch. Stop doing the ditch. But I had this moment. My wife, she's much wiser than I am. A couple years ago, we have date night every Friday night, so we get together. It's just a time where we just spend together. Sometimes we have these amazing dates. They're beautiful, incredible. Other times we just chill and just hang out together. But it was my turn to plan the date, and I, if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm really honest, if I stay in the middle of this road, I want to go to a movie in a theater. How, why is it that movies and theaters feel more relaxing to me than movies at home? I don't know why I am like that, but it's the way I am. I think at home I can pause it and, you know, and then pretty soon I'm checking my email and then you know, next minute I'm up to the bathroom and then all of a sudden I forgot to renovate this one thing. And In the theater, all I can do is sit there, eat my popcorn, and watch the movie. That's all I got. So I don't even know how it came out. My memory is never good. It's never accurate. So my memory has somehow I probably like burbled it out in this kind of awkward way of like, hey, you like movies, right? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. So I burbled this sucker out. And again, I'm so incompetent, I don't know what I'm doing. But it's kind of one of those moments that as I look back, I see the moment. I didn't have it in the moment because I didn't get it. But as I reflect back, I can see it. Elle said this kind of thing. She's like, and I, I know she doesn't like movies. She doesn't like to go to the theater. So that's, you know, as I'm sitting in the ditch of my life of like, you just have to make it all about them. You can't ask for anything. And then I try and like burble this thing out in this kind of awkward way that's kind of half manipulative, half. And she says this kind of weird thing. She says, well, if we take the motorbike and ride together, that'd be fun. What do you mean? I had this old crappy dual sport. She's like, well, if we jump on the bike, we could, you know, rip through town and then go to the movie and then rip back. That'd be really fun. And at the time, I remember just thinking, what just happened here? But as I look back, I think to myself, what if that's what it looks like to run down the center of this road of relationships? I wanted to go to a movie. That's a win. She wanted to ride on the motorbike. That's a win. Jeff said, our natural reaction is to go to one of the ditches. I win, you lose. You win, I lose. What if we do it differently and say, what if we we think of this conception of we, so not I against them, but we come together in this new pronoun and say, how are we going to be? What if we is defined, can you throw up the definition for me, Catrice? We is defined as interactions that over time bring the most possible good for all parties. Just sit with that for a second. 
interactions that over time bring the most possible good for all parties. Sitting here where it's all about them, just make them happy at all costs, that's not all possible good. Making it all about me, screw them, take what I can. As we're doing this renovation, million decisions to make, how do we do that? How do you do that? I'm not good at it. But we started off, <laughs> I have this pet peeve. It's, you know, as we talk about awareness and who am I, I am very good. I'm not sure where this comes from, but I will lose my mind if the shower has two taps, hot and cold. And every time you walk in the shower, you turn on the one, then you turn on the other, then it scalds you, and then you turn it down, and then it's freezing, and then you turn it up again, and you play that game. Anyone know that game? I will smash that shower to pieces to have to deal with that. The rest of my life, don't care. But for some reason, that drives me bonkers. You know what? They invented a shower tap that just has one handle on. And it automatically goes to the perfect temperature. It's magic. It should literally revolutionize the entire world. There should be no other shower taps other than that one. Guess what my wife likes? Two shower taps and these vintage crosshair thingies. Hot and cold. What does Vince want? I want the single thing. How exactly do we do we? How do we make all interactions the most possible good when I don't want what she wants and she doesn't want what I want? Now, let's be honest. It took us weeks to be able to get that out. Weeks. That wasn't like smooth like, hey, babe, I want this. Hey, I want this. Okay, let's figure this out. No, no, no. Weeks. You know what we ended up with? And I don't know that this is the right answer. Can you throw up that Bruce Lee quote for me? I love this quote. He says, the goal is, to not, is not always meant to be reached. It often serves simply as something to aim at. Don't think you're going to have this all figured out. Every interaction is perfect. We analyzed it. It's perfect. No. As we try to explore this sense of we together, we try to figure out how do we deal with a shower tap. And I'm telling you folks, most of this stuff comes out in the most benign parts of our lives. We got a shower tap for the shower, that's one of these, but in the color that my wife likes. The bathtub, it's like this signature bathtub, and the taps on the bathtub, these beautiful cross vintage things. Same with the sink. Is it the perfect expression of we? Who knows? But it was our attempt at bringing good to both of us. It's our attempt to find the line down the middle that says some of me is here and some of you is here and we're not against each other. Alison Armstrong one of my favorite researchers, calls out some of these moments. She says, if you can't say no to something, you can't say yes to something. If someone asks you, if you ask someone to do something and you don't give them a way to say no, they can't say yes. Oh, they might say yes. I could have forced Ellie to make sure that all the taps looked like I wanted. Long-term, resentment, 
passive-aggressive, painful. But if I give her a chance to speak up, Jeff said, I loved how he said, start with listen. Don't start with, well, I want this. Start with listen. Okay, what do you want? What brings good in this moment? I asked Ellie the other day, we were driving home. I was like, hey, babe, do I bring good, in, like, do I, do I make things, like, overall, do I bring happiness into your life? Or am I, or am I bringing good? And she's like, sometimes. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's honest. But sometimes, probably it is my way, and that's okay. Sometimes it's her way, that's okay. We're trying to have these conversations where we do that. Awareness brings up who am I and who are they? And they're different than me. That's the thing with them. They're never the same. Anyone who's wishing for the person to be the same or trying to mold the people in their lives to be the same, it's fairy tale land. Doesn't happen. You can't do it. Whoever the person is, at some point they will be different from you and you have to start to figure out who are we? So today, as I start to wind this thing down, think about a relationship in your life that's important to you. Maybe it's your kids, your family member, I don't know. Friends, colleagues, partner, partners. Have you been doing this idea of bringing the most possible good as you interact with them? Are you in this space where resentment is going, oh, that, screw them. It's all about me. They've had their way too many times. Or are you collapsing like I do? Whatever you want, babe. I won't be resentful. Why are you yelling at me, Vince? I don't know. I'm just really upset. <laughs> 10 years of resentment coming out in one batch. How are you? Think back to them. Think about the most troubling relationships. Is it win-win? Is it the most possible good for all parties? If you're honest, start with them. Are you bringing good things into their life? If you're brave, ask them. (laughs) Just make sure you're ready for the answer. (laughs) Babe, do I bring good into your life sometimes? Ooh, But then, ask yourself, do they bring good into my life? That's equally as important. And then you gotta ask, why are they, am I asking for what I need? Am I being honest? Am I being transparent? It's kind of painful when you start to think about our relationships through this lens. But what if that's dead down that center of the road? This week, I want to encourage you, just be aware. Don't try and change anything. Don't try and get out of the ditch. If you're in the ditch, you're comfortable there, you're used to there, just be there. But pay attention. Watch. Notice which relationships you're in which ditch. Sometimes I'm in that ditch. Sometimes I'm in that ditch. Sometimes I can do down the center. Just watch. 
Be aware this week of where it's I against them and where you found a sense of we. Just note. This whole series is predicated on this idea of transcendence beyond physical. For some of us, that might mean theism. For some of us, it will never mean theism. For some of us, it might mean purpose. It might mean meaning. It might be doing something that's beyond this we transaction. But can you throw that model up once more, Catrice? The transcendence that French Church is guiding us towards, that's trying to inspire each and every one of us to, is based in this understanding that we have the skills to do we in a physical realm. If you can't do relationship, relationships, relationships broader than that, transcendence is going to get really, really tricky. It becomes this, you, you end up transcending off of the I, which is, it's all about me. I want the world to make my life better. I want whatever happens to be about me. And that's not the journey we're trying to go to. But it's kind of like, before you learn how to ride a bike, you have to learn how to get on the bike. Today we tried to talk about how do you get on the bike so we can actually start riding it. That's the point of this thing. So this is kind of the first skill you have to get to. Awareness, I, them. Then you have to figure out how are we going to get together. If it's always I against them, transcendence is going to be tricky. I'm telling you, tricky. Once we figure out how to do this relationship of we, the center of the road, not I against them, not all about me, not all about them, but what does we look like? Then next week we're going to start talking about how do we transcend the physical through that sense of we and that's where it gets crazy beautiful when I conceived of this series I asked Alessandra would you write a theme song I want a theme song for this and so she wrote the song that they played and I can actually ask her to come up again and play it once more for us but now you guys have more awareness and here's what I want you to do through this song watch the pronouns. Watch how she uses different pronouns to communicate different things. And let that kind of melt into your soul as you start to become aware of how this works in your life. This is how I think we change the world. We make it a better place. We do it this way. And so as we finish, I want this to be a prayer, a meditation, I don't know, whatever it is. Just sit in this moment and experience it together.